You're listening to Enclave Community Church. For more information about Enclave, please visit us online at enclavecc.com. All right, so we have some announcements here. But first, a little story. Because, uh, you know, I know some of us have been here for a long time, and some of us are just getting to know the beautiful community that is Enclave. And so I want to tell a story about Frank and Heidi, my friends who are here today. And they're, I think, maybe a little bit embarrassed that I'm going to tell this story because they shine with great virtue in this story and they don't like to make much of themselves. But I am here to make much of them for a moment. All right, so this story takes place about 11 years ago, shortly before Frank and Heidi moved to Tanzania. And they were, I I believe they were... uh, going to the courthouse, and I can't remember why, but they went to the courthouse in Modesto and they were at uh, the bus station in Modesto. And I don't know how many of you guys know the bus station. It's real long and it's right there by the, by the courthouse. And this uh, punk kid pushes over an old lady and snatches her purse. Super uncool, right? Right in front of Frank and Heidi. All right, so Heidi then goes to comfort the lady and make sure she's okay. And Frank, who is much more fleet of foot than he might look at first appearance, chases after the guy who, you know, okay, again, if I'm being chased by Frank, I have to, I have to think my best choice is in the long race, right? But this man runs into a bathroom, which has only one door. And Frank is close behind. And uh, of course, you know, you know Frank is, is a gentle man. But, uh, and so there was no violence involved, but maybe some intimidated feelings. You know, maybe if I just pushed over an old lady, I might think I'm big enough and strong enough to push over an old lady, but I might not really want to go toe to toe with Frank. Anyway, so Frank stands there while this guy's in the bathroom, kind of like thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't get out now. And, um, and the police come, obviously. And they're like, this is wrongful imprisonment. This man kept me here in the bathroom. It's, so, it's illegal, my rights. Anyway, that's, that's one of my favorite Frank and Heidi stories. <laughs> if you're a criminal up to no good and you're being chased by a six foot 15 inch man, then uh, don't run into the bathroom. And if you're an old lady, just hope Frank and Heidi are nearby. All right, so Frank and Heidi are gonna be here. They're gonna talk uh, about their their work that they do in Tanzania. They've been living there for 10 years. before that, they were here at Enclave. We had a great village out at Frank and Heidi's house. It was so fun and um, such an important part of my life at that time uh, was being a part of the Sanchez's home every week. Um, Frank and Heidi are especially good at being present. Um, so if you have an opportunity to go to their house, take them up on it. Go, go and visit them if you can. If they ever get invited to a luau, just be like, I don't know what a luau is, but that's okay, I'm going. And you'll, you'll be happy you did. All right, and then, uh, but they're gonna talk about what they've been doing for the last 10 years, and they have some wares here. If you're excited about Tanzania and wanna represent, here's your opportunity. You can wear a jersey. There's even a Zanzibar jersey. That's the Zan in Tanzania, is Zanzibar. And, um, you can just talk with Frank and Heidi as much as you want, soak it in. They're actually here for their very first 
full furlough in 10 years. They're here, they're here for an extended time now. You might also wonder about their kids and I don't wanna like take away their whole presentation, but their kids are awesome. Okay, all right, let's pray. Father in heaven, um, oh, we stand here waiting on you to act because you, um, you're always acting. Uh, we, we don't need to, uh, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be um, obsessive about trying to control the things going on in our lives. We just need to tell you what we need and then remember all of the faithful, uh, faithfulness that you've demonstrated. We ask that you would show us again how good you are. Um, God, we, uh, We need our friends to be well. Uh, we want them to be uh, healthy and we want them to be um, able to care for the ones that they care for. And we want them also to remember that you're with them in their suffering. God, uh, especially for Ron and Cindy, we ask that they would be patient and that they would, as they uh, increasingly are anxious about their own ability to provide for their grandkids. I pray that you would be their strength, um, that, you would, that you would miraculously intervene and care for them and their grandchildren uh, for your praise and your glory, Lord. Uh, God, I pray also for Joe. Um, it's been such a, a delight to get to know um, these last few years for me personally. God, I pray that you would, um, again, heal his body. Also, um, just infect the hospital staff with, with his joy and his love for you and his, um, his willingness to yield to your will. Um, God, I pray for Marilyn, who's also recovering from COVID and now is home without Joe, um, that you would aid in her recovery as well and with her spirit. God, I pray uh, for Linda for housing, that you would uh, provide for her a place to stay, um, a long-term place to stay as uh, Marty and Roy might not be able to host her any longer. Um, God, I pray for Marty and her for her family. I know that she's having a lot of pain and that pain can be so discouraging, Lord. I ask that you would um, bring her peace. We know that um, peace does not come through our human efforts, but it's a fruit of your spirit. And so we ask that your spirit will provide peace. Um, thank you, God. Uh, now as uh, Frank and Heidi come and present, Lord, I pray for their blessing on them and on us. Amen. Good morning, guys. Well, we are so excited to be here today. Um, we are, we're old schoolers. We were, as we were putting some stuff together, Yesterday, uh, we were looking. So this is a church history quiz. You're coming to church here, so we're going to give you a quiz. When, and I'm looking around, when did Enclave start in this building? Anybody remember? Two thousand. Now, there are some of you who are here in the building, and you should know that. Jana, <laughs> Pat, 
Clark. Where's Kathy? Kathy. Mm, mm, mm. So I would say, I would say officially we were in this building in 2006 um, as, as Enclave started and we're not going to have the full church history, but we were part of, we were part, when Enclave first started, we were part of that. There's a handful of, of people who are, are still here uh, from that original group that are, we consider our family. Um, and then, and then who's, who's, is anybody here their first time here today? First time here today, well, yes. Well, you guys, are, you, guys are the, you guys are the newest. And so wherever you are in that position, from, from being here in 2006 um, to, to being here your first time, um, you, you have supported our family. And some of you don't know that you've supported our family, but you have. Um, in 2006, and we'll see a picture of it in just a second, in 2006, uh, our family went to the mission field for the first time. We went to Cameroon, which is in West Africa. Um, we had three very small children at that time. And that was the, the beginning of our journey uh, with Enclave and into the, the international mission field into Africa. Um, we were there for a couple years. Um, good time, hard time, uh, learning time, blessed time. It was a, a, a roller coaster of ups and downs. And, um, we came back from that in 2008, back to Enclave, um, which I think was officially Enclave then, that the church, uh, the church actually had a building then. We didn't know. We were kind of out of the loop in 2006 uh, Cameroon. If we wanted internet, that was a, about a quarter mile walk up the road across the street into the building, get out your handy dandy cables into the wall, and then uh, adjust 11 time zones for for the people that you wanted to talk to at home. And so that was a part of our experience. And so um, we got to do that. We came back in 2008. We were here for a season. Um, and then in 2013, how many people were here in 2013? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and so we're going we're gonna to share um, just part of our journey today. It's not going to be the, oh, this is what's been going on in the last, um, you know, the last couple months, or we'll share a little bit of that as well, but we're going to take you on a little bit of, of our journey as a family, um, as it's been part of, as it's been part of this church and, and anyone who is here, who has been praying for missionaries on Sunday, who has been, you know, lifting up, lifting up, um, God's work around the world, you have, you have been supporting us and we are, uh, deeply in debt to you for that. We very much appreciate it. We know that we do not do very much on our own other than uh, make bad decisions. Um, and so we know that, that we, are, we are well supported um, by the people of this community for sure. Um, and we definitely appreciate what you've done. So if I break down and start crying, don't worry about it. It's only happened. <clears throat> happens every time. <laughs> well, when you play the, so some of you are gonna remember, go, to the, go ahead and go to the next, the next slide. that has got the video in it, yeah. No, 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 no not, not that one. That's the video, not that one. Stop. Okay, so that's us in 2010, or 2013, right? That's, uh, some of you are in there. Matt, see, that's why I wanted you to come, buddy. Look at, you made, you made it, you made the clip, right? And so that's us standing here. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where our journey starts, right? And as we go out, um, there's a short video, it's called, uh, um, 
Go into the world. Do we have that? Where's Jacob? Jacob's gone. It's, a, it's an embedded video. I sent the video. No. Now, see, that's the, that's the other video, but not that video. So on the next slide, on the next slide, no, there's a slide on this. It's the second one. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So if you could play that embedded video, this is kind of the start of, of our journey um, as it goes into the mission field and kind of, kind of why we felt and how we felt led to come um, and do what we're doing today. Maybe. Okay, so if you go to the other, there's, we also, in that same folder, we brought the video by itself in case it didn't play, which... Well, I knew... I, I, the projector's working. There was sound. It's called Go Into the World. It's a little... It's an MP4. Yes? No. Skip it? Can't find my man. Okay. It's okay. We're moving on. Okay. And so that's when we felt the call um, to go to, to Tanzania, which is where we are now. And Heidi's going to tell you kind of what we're doing there, and then we'll start the journey again. Mm-hmm. So good morning. good morning. My name is Heidi. Uh, Sanchez, the other half of the Frank Sanchez. And I just want to share a little bit about our family. We have three kids and they are all graduated from high school now. Our oldest, Josiah, is studying in Lithuania and is a DJ. He says he's studying, but mostly he's a DJ. And uh, so loves spinning his Afro beats um, in Lithuania. So you can imagine. Uh, he will graduate in April, and we are not sure which direction he's going after that. Uh, he is figuring that out, Mom. So um, that's our Josiah. And then our daughter uh, is 20. She's studying history in Rome, Italy right now. She's a junior, and so she wants to go into museum science, uh, working in a museum somewhere in the world. So um, she loves information and history and knowing way too many facts about things that you didn't even know existed. So um, she's the one who's always challenging her professors and saying things like, yes, but you have you thought about this idea? And the professors are always like, okay, Malia, sit down. It's okay. Um, but she's right now visiting a friend in London, so we're excited that she gets to kind of get to live her her 20s um, and be with friends and enjoy life. So all is well. And then our last daughter is Kalea. She's 18. She just graduated from high school and is actually here in California with us. She packed up all of her things from Tanzania and has moved to California and wants to be American and got her driver's license. And she's working at Five Below. So if you want to see her, uh, she's actually there right now. You can go uh, visit her. And uh, she gets scheduled about once a week, but ends up working about 14 shifts. So I'm not sure how it works, but um, she is enjoying her transition to living in America. And hopefully we'll be going to New York in February. 
uh, for a cosmetology school. So um, our kids are kind of all over, which puts us into a new season ourselves of being empty nesters. We moved in on Wednesday to a new house not a new house, but a house in Patterson. And um, so we have some space. So now we are ready to start inviting people over to um, enjoy meals with us. So um, hopefully all of you will be there at some point. So we're excited about that. Um, so in Tanzania, um, we so this year we're doing a furlough year. So we're spending one year away from what we normally do. Um, oh, wait, I'm... I'm saying the wrong thing. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> so if you could go, I guess, to slide number three. That's our family. That, yes. So this is the journey of us. So on the left, that's what we look like before we went to Tanzania. Right? With our rhino. And that's kind of what we look like now. Uh, you'll see that my son... My son has sprouted up about a foot and a half, um, as has my, my youngest or my oldest daughter. And our youngest um, is looking more and more like a lady every day. She looks like she's about 23, but she's only 18. And so um, this, is kind of, this is kind of the journey that we've been on, right? This is what Africa does to you. No, just kidding. Um, but it has been. Um, it's been a, just a series of, of cha life's challenges Right, as missionaries, it's not it's not all challenge, it's not all, you know, grinding away at the at the the work that God's given you. It's not that. We've had lots of joyous times um, over the 10 years. We've had some very challenging times as well over the 10 years. And um, as we look back on it, as we've had time to reflect, we just we started our sabbatical, our official sabbatical time uh, in the beginning of October. And so we've been away for about a month and had a lot of time to reflect. But um, one of the things that we realize as we go through that is we've never, we've never lacked anything. We've never been in a place where we didn't have enough or as much as we needed. And if you could go to the, the slide with the verse on it for Deuteronomy chapter two, it says, the Lord God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness I wanted to change it, but I didn't feel like I could and put it Frank's version. So for these 10 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. And it couldn't be any more true than that. Um, we, are, we are definitely not getting rich in Tanzania, um, but we live richly and, and have been blessed. If there's any, ever been a time where we needed something, where something went wrong and we needed some kind of help um, from this side of the world, one or two phone calls and it was taken care of um, for us. And we feel, we feel blessed in that way to, to know that um, if we need it, it's there. Um, we've, been, we've been in a, a situation where God has, has met and exceeded the, the things and needs that we've had um, emotionally, spiritually. You know, there was a time a couple years ago where we felt like uh, we weren't, our marriage wasn't in crisis but we just felt like we could use a fresh set of eyes and we had the opportunity to go to Turkey for a couple of weeks, just the two of us um, to do some intensive counseling. And it was a huge blessing to our family, um, not just to Heidi and I, but to our kids as well, as we were able to, to go through and process through life and how things were going. Um, not necessarily the smoothest patch of, of what we were dealing with, but to have that resource available to us and to be able to take advantage of it, to have the blessing of, 
um, the two organizations, the school that we work with and also with Young Life. Um, it, was, it was incredible for us to be able to go through that season um, and to have that support that, that we felt like we needed available to us. And so now, as we go in, now Heidi's gonna tell us a little bit about what we're actually doing in Africa. Sorry, I just get excited about what we're doing. So um, the next slide shows um, a picture, Haven of Peace Academy. This is actually my fifth grade class from two years ago. I actually, last year I didn't teach fifth grade, but um, this is my class. This was Take a Crazy Picture. Um, and yes, I am laying on their lap in the front row. Um, <laughs> at Haven of Peace, we, it's a school, it's a Christian school. Uh, it was originally created for missionary kids um, whose parents were working as missionaries throughout East Africa. They could send their kids here. And um, in the last 15 years, it's kind of gone through a transformation where now 80% of our students are Tanzanian kids. Um, and we do have a few missionary kids still in there. Uh, so the demographic of our school has really changed. And so this is part of our mission field is helping these kids grow um, spiritually and academically. Um, Frank teaches middle school science and, um, ooh, yeah, he, you know, can use fire to engage children. So, uh we really enjoy this school. It's not just a school, but it's also a community. And it's a place where we have this freedom to share um, God's worldview, um, a Christian worldview with our students and um, to nurture them and to disciple them. Many of our students um, accept Christ. Um, and in fifth grade, I see a lot of kids um, starting to get baptized. It's a, it tends to be a, a season for kids to make a decision for themselves, at least, you know, maybe a, a new decision for following Jesus. And so it's really fun to be part of that experience with them. Um, so this is our day job, the seven to five, seven to four kind of job. And then on the side, we are in charge of a program called Young Life at our school and Wildlife. So Young Life is um, reaching out evangelism and discipleship programs for high schoolers. And then Wildlife is the same thing, but for middle schoolers. Um, so in Young Life, we do lots of fun things. We bring kids bring kids in, share the gospel with them, share about who Jesus is, and then invite them to step deeper into a relationship with Jesus um, and meet in small groups with our leaders. And at the end of our presentation, I do have a picture of all of our leaders who are continuing this ministry right now. Even though we're not there, Young Life and Wildlife are both continuing on. Um, there have been Young Life clubs already. There are already um, small groups. We have a leadership team in wildlife, what we have is our high school kids are being trained as leaders and they lead the middle schoolers. So they're doing what we do for the high schoolers. Our high schoolers are doing for our middle schoolers. So we're not only teaching kids um, to have their own story, to have their own relationship with Jesus, but then to also share that and to learn how to share that and how they can be a part of somebody else's journey and somebody else's life. So um, 
to me, this is one of the best jobs in the whole world. So I also want to say thank you to all of you who continue to support us and pray for us, um, support us financially, all those things, because it makes it possible for us to be part of their life. And um, I mean, God doesn't need us, clearly, but we love being used by God in these different places in Tanzania. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do in Tanzania. So this, this place where the kids are is actually right outside of our house. We have a basketball court right outside our house. So yeah. <laughs> so come visit us is what I'm saying. So because we're teachers and we know that some of you are no longer listening to us because you become <laughs> bored, we're now gonna play a video for you. So this is the video that was gonna play before All right, so we're gonna go a little bit, we're gonna dig a little deeper in the store. You've got kind of the shell so far of the egg and now we're gonna crack it open and uh, see what it is that, that God has, has really been doing in the, the journey part. No, 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 no. I talked, I talked to the people over there. I'm not gonna say any names, but- I'm just showing them the timer. They said, they said there's only two songs and I wanna, I'll use a direct quote, you can talk as long as you want. I think we will. Thank you. I'm not, again, no names. All right, so the next slide. So, yes? So, probably two years into our time in Tanzania, I came to a point where I had been, been doing youth ministry for a long time and teaching middle school science for an even longer time and came to a point in my personal walk where I was like, God, what are we doing? Is this it? Is this what we're doing? We're doing young life and wildlife in Tanzania I'm teaching middle school science still. Is there anything else that you have for me? Is there anything else, you know, as, I, as I'm going through my, my walk? Um, and, and I felt God say to me, I didn't bring you here to talk to the other people who already know the same stuff that you know, right? We're an international school um, that's, that's, that's Christ-centered. Um, <clears throat> but we have significant populations of Hindu and Muslim kids that come to the school. Um, just because academically, the standards that we have at our school are very high. Um, and tuition-wise, we're about half of what the other large international schools are. That's not to say that we're, we're cheap. We're just half of what the other, the other large international schools are that offer the same stuff that we do. And so um, I very strongly felt God telling me, saying, the Hindu and the Muslim kids that that don't know who Jesus is, those are the ones that, that you need to go after. That's, who, that's why you're here. Um, and so in kind of some revelation stuff in my life, uh, uh, at that point in my life, I hadn't been baptized. I've been a believer for a long time, but the, the idea of baptism for a number of different reasons never, never really um, appealed to me, I guess, or I didn't really understand why I needed to do it. And um, in that moment, there was a, a time when there were some families from, from this church um, at that point in time, the Millers uh, were in Berlin. The Watts were in Nepal. Um, somehow we all ended up in Dubai um, for spring break. Um, uh, I ended up getting baptized in the Persian Gulf. And from there, from there, that started, that started, um, I guess, I guess the vision that God had given me. And so um, I still remember sitting in my office uh, 
just doing stuff. It was good. It was about this time of year, camp season for us. Um, we'll go back to we'll go back to Tanzania in January for for our big Young Life camp. <clears throat> and I remember sitting there. If anybody wants to come to Tanzania in the next two months, uh, we've got some dates lined out for you. We can guarantee you uh, not quite luxury accommodations and gourmet by some standards meals. And we can, we can get you there. If you, if you can get there, we will take care of everything else for you once you put your feet on the ground. So and anyway, um, so yeah, I'm sitting there and I still uh, remember... Uh, this young Muslim girl that walked into my office who was no longer, she had been my student um, when she was in middle school, but she wasn't anymore. Um, and she came in and I said, Saido, what can I do for you? Because there was nobody else in the office. She's like, Saida Kermali was the first one. Yes, thank you. I'm, <laughs> you see that? Nice, thank you, wife. And so she was the first, she was the first student that, that came in and I said, what, what can I do for you? She's like, I have my camp, I have my camp sign up form for you. First Muslim kid that we ever had go to camp with us. Um, significant because of the vision that God had given me. And it was, it was a, a point in time, um, obviously then I just, I broke down after she left sent a message to my leaders, and I was like, guys, you will never believe who just signed up for camp. Never. <clears throat> and since then, it has, been, it has been just an awesome journey for God to open my eyes, to soften my heart, um, especially with what's going on in the world, like right as we speak within this, this idea of, of the, Muslim, the Muslim ideals that some people float around. Um, I'm not, I'm not here to make any kind of a political statement, but I can tell you that people who have different beliefs about God um, are not exempt from God's love. Um, and that's something that, that is, I had my eyes open to the Muslim culture and even open to the Hindu culture, which is much more, much more peaceful, but God softened my heart and said, these are the people I want you to go and love. And so the, the family that you see behind me um, is the Ismail family. Um, those are the two parents. Um, their oldest daughter, Sajia, was the first um, that I encountered. Uh, she is a definitely someone that God had put on my heart. Um, she came through, battled um, with her, not battled, but really encouraged her to come to camp. Um, finally, her junior year, she agreed to come to camp. I met with her dad. We had a discussion. They knew what we were going to talk about at camp, but because of the relationships that that we've been able to develop with these families over time, um, they let their daughter come um, with us. And so that just started with a, <clears throat> a few conversations that we've had with them, had their first daughter come through, their second daughter, Alicia, came through, um, the same kind of thing. Alicia, unfortunately, never came to camp with us, but we um, talked with her, interacted with her. And then their third, their son, Mohammed, came through um, and Mohammed is actually part of my small group, right? My mentor group, I met with, started with these guys uh, four years ago when they were in grade six. Uh, they're currently in grade nine. And, um, and he gets to come everywhere with us, right? And so I don't know the relationship that you have with the, the, the teachers of your kids, some of you, um, but it's not uncommon on a Friday night 
um, for me to bring these guys, their guys back to their house sometime between 12 and 2 in the morning. Um, and it's amazing that, that we have just the trust of parents and have, have been able to do that. Um, I bring up this family specifically because the, the talks that we've been able to have and the relationships that we've been able to have with them about God are very open, not threatening at all. Um, and, and in talking with them, you know, I did come to the point where I, I directly asked them the question. I said, you know, you know, we're, we're a Christian organization, we're a Christian group, we're doing these things. Um, why, why, why do you let your kids come? And they, they said, uh, pretty simply, we can differ on our thoughts about God and that's fine. But we know that you and the leaders of Young Life, we know that you care for and love our kids, right? And to me, that was the, the testament that what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing. And it doesn't matter. We can cross any kind of ethnic line, any type of religious line, political, it doesn't matter that what we're called to do is we're called to love other people. Um, it's, like, it's like step one of basic Christianity. It's like, well, how are you supposed to live? Well, look, this is what Jesus said. He said, love others as you love yourself. You do that and you'll be fine. And so um, I just wanted to share that. They're great people. They're awesome. Uh, we love them. I just I was, uh, I was actually just texting Sajia last night. She's all, she's all grown up and married now. She, she, I think she's in, she's in Zambia. And it was just an awesome time for us to, to just share with them. I said, we're going to be talking about you in church tomorrow. She says, oh. Um, so anyway, that's my first story. And now I'm going to pass off to Heidi. Just for the record, he did say, we each get one minute to tell our stories. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I also have a story to share. Um, my heart is a little bit more, um, God has really called me into discipleship and um, walking alongside and mentoring uh, young ladies. And uh, a few years ago, I met this girl named Linda. Uh, this is Kalea and Linda together and our daughter Kalea. And this is at Young Life Camp last year. Well, for some reason, our grade 12 students, our seniors, decided they were too cool for school and weren't going to go to camp. And so Linda and Kalea were both seniors, and they wanted to go. And uh, so we said, why don't you just come and join us as program team? You'll come on as, as staff, and you can help run games and behind the scenes and work crew and all those kinds of things. Well, Linda has been part of our young life. She didn't actually go to Hopak. She's been in a couple of different schools. She actually went to the Muslim school that's down the street from us. And, um, but she is a Christian who loves Jesus. And so I've been kind of walking with her. And it's not an easy thing. Um, a lot of persecution that she felt. And... Um, so just kind of encouraging her in her walk and in her school days. And... Um, what this did, this persecution actually developed this faith in her that um, is so genuine and so real. And it was such a delight to see her growing. And so she came on as, as helping at camp. And this weekend, three days, changed her life because she finally realized that she could actually do things for the Lord, that she could be bold, that she could be strong 
with the Lord's power. And so she came back from camp and um, I don't know, it was about three weeks after camp, she goes, she calls me, Mrs. Sanchez, we got to get together. We, we got to get together. Can we do something? I, I, I've got this idea. And she said, you know, when we're at camp, we're all sitting around and everybody's talking about Jesus and we're it's so encouraging. And then we come back and there's nothing there. What could we do? And I said, I don't know, Linda. What could you do? And so Linda goes, well, I have this idea. I want to do a women's, a young women's retreat weekend. I said, okay, let's do it. So she says, okay, here's the thing. We just need to find a house that we can rent for a weekend. And then we'll find a caterer. And then we'll, she's, she's got this huge idea. And let me tell you, the second weekend of June this past year, it happened for the first time. She made it happen. She found sponsors. She went around and she found ladies who were bankers and who loved Jesus and ladies who worked in the government that her mom knew and all these people. And she said, would you be willing to donate a little bit of money to me so that we could do this? And then she found a friend who had a friend who had a friend who had this house and they only rented out for ministry purposes. It's a four-story house. It's got this beautiful top view, amazing. Here in this top, uh, we call it a banda, just open air top, there were 18 girls worshiping the Lord at two o'clock in the morning, and the sound was going through the whole neighborhood, okay? Because this girl decided that she could do something for the Lord. And so these are the kinds of things that we get to see happening. God doing these amazing things through people like Linda. And all she needed was to be on a work crew for three days with us so that God could speak to her and let her know that she could do it. So um, yeah, that's just a really exciting thing. And since June, she's done two more and she's got another one coming in December. So um, if you think of Linda, please pray for her. And she's got a whole team now that she um, is, has a planning team with her. So, yep. So that's exciting story of Linda. Was that, a, was that one minute? Okay. All right, last story for now. So this one is crazy. This one is crazy. One minute. It's an, it's an African minute. <laughs> All right, so in the picture on the left, the girl that's on the right, the blonde girl, her name is Megan Graham. And Megan was part of my very first, the very first ninth grade class that I taught the first year I was there. She was there. We got introduced to each other. Her best friend Lydia is also there. And it, we, we have this crazy relationship. Like they, they think they're above everything, those two. So I would scare people. It's something I do in my classroom. It gets people's heart rates up. It increases attentiveness, right? So if I was to start walking around the room, you would be less likely to put your head down because you would have some, some loud noise, scream, <laughs> something like that happen right behind you. And if you weren't expecting that in class. Anyway, so they challenged me. They said, you won't scare us ever again. And I said, okay, probably every day that I see you, I'll do that then. And so for the next four years kind of happened like that for them. So anyway, so Megan, right, she goes off to, four years later, she goes off to Grand Canyon University, right, in Phoenix. And she's doing, she wants to get involved with kids and starts doing Young Life there, 
right? You guys are familiar with Young Life or not so much? I know some people are very familiar with Young Life. So just working with, with non-church teens and, and doing that. And so Megan, she decides she wants to go into to dealing with students with special needs. And so in Young Life, there's something called the Capernaum Project, which does exactly that. It's, it's um, focused on students with special needs and, and doing activities in a way that it's all inclusive for them. And, and so she starts doing that. So I hadn't talked to Megan for, for quite a while. And all of a sudden, she, a message appears on my Facebook Messenger, right? Which was a big reach for her. Because she's like, I look for you on Instagram. You're not there. I'm like, yeah, I'm old. So... <laughs> She sends me this message and she says, um, I went to my first Young Life Capernaum Project meeting today and I met this girl named Marissa Solorzano. And I was like, that is very interesting that in Phoenix, Arizona, you would meet Marissa Solorzano. So Marissa is the one who's pictured in the middle of the second picture. Marissa was one of my Young Life kids before I knew Heidi. So Marissa was one of my Young Life kids when I was in Southern California working in Claremont. So that would have been 94, 95, 96, sometime around then. Marissa is leading the Capernaum Project Young Life group that Megan is now a part of. And so they make this little connection. She's like, oh, I'm from Tanzania. And she's like, oh, Tanzania, really? Do you happen to know this guy named Frank Sanchez? And like her heart drops. She's like, you know him? Like Frank was my young life leader back, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he is responsible for my high blood pressure, that man. <laughs> and so Megan, as of two Two months ago, Megan is now uh, taking on the role of area director for the Capernaum Project in North Phoenix um, in Arizona. And so it is crazy just to see as we talk about our journey um, through Africa or through our time in Tanzania and how we've seen God's hand at work in our own lives. It has been um, a real blessing for me personally. Um, to watch and see how God's hand has been at work in, in my life and the ministry that, that I've been blessed to be a part of and say, man, the ministry that God has been, been able to, to do um, through our family, um, just through the, the, the people that we've been involved with, the seeds that we planted. Um, and so we just want to encourage you um, in your, in your life, whatever journey God has you on, whether you, you, you still don't know Christ and you're just at church because your, your parents said you should come today, um, or whether you've been following Christ your whole life, right? It's never too late to start uh, planting seeds in people in the relationships that you have um, with other people and, and loving them the way, that, the way that Christ called us to love them and loving the way that, the way that he did. You know, accepting them for who they are, not trying to fix them or change them, um, but letting them know that they're loved, they're accepted. Um, there, have been some, there have been some challenges uh, with students, obviously, in my life. For those of you who are teachers, you know that when you walk into a classroom, there is a, a standard that you uphold. And there are many times that I have been a teacher in a classroom that have required me 
to, to deal with students and to, to discipline students in a way that, that breaks my heart. Because I know that that kid and what I'm seeing in the classroom is not who that kid is, right? You figure out what's going on at home and figure out what's going on in their life that's causing those, the, those outward signs. Um, and what that kid needs is love. And so as we uh, come to this point of our life, where we come to this, this, the place where we are today, if we can go to the, the last verse, Right? It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus went to a solitary place where he prayed. That's kind of where we are right now. As Heidi and I are back, we, we don't really understand this whole idea of a furlough. It doesn't make sense to the way that our brains work. Um, we do understand that, that we have been on a journey for the last 10 years. Um, it's taken up all of our kids, um, graduated from Hopak in Tanzania. Um, our two daughters have spent more time in Africa than they have, than they have in the U.S. Um, and so as we, as we look at that, we know that we're at a place in our life where we don't know if there's going to be major changes. We know that we're going back to Tanzania in January. We know we're going back again in July for just the two of us. We don't know if that's going to be the last, this is the last big change for us, if we're going to stay in Tanzania for the next 10 years and continue on in that. Um, and we don't know if, if maybe there is another big change for us, but we do know that we are um, grateful for the opportunity that we have to, to go to a quiet place and pray, um, to speak some, some, seek some spiritual direction, to get some rest, to reconnect with, with our supporting communities, to reconnect with our family, to reconnect with each other, um, and feel blessed uh, to be a part of, of what's going on in this church community. Right? We see familiar faces, we see unfamiliar faces. Um, again, we are extremely grateful for the, the support that we get from this church, um, the financial support, the, the prayer, the emotional, spiritual support, the, just the friendship and the, the generosity that we've had for so many of you for so long. Right? It's, a, it's hard to believe that it's been 16 years or 17 years since this church started. Um, and that we still, we still call it um, our church home when we come back. This is, this is home for us. Um, and some of you, some of you are, are very dear and close friends of ours. Some of you, we'd love to, to get to know if you have any questions about missions or Africa or um, how she ended up with me. Um, that's another one of God's miracles. So um, we would love to talk with you. Um, there's just on the last slide, there's some, just some ways that you can pray for us. So yeah, if you think of us, um, we're just asking that, would you be willing to pray for us, one, for our family? Um, it's, a, it's a season of change. Those of you who have gone through this empty nesting thing, please give us some wisdom, because my heart cries a lot. <laughs> um, it's, it feels empty. It feels like we're starting over. It feels so strange. Um, fish out of water kind of feeling. So um, you can pray for our kids, too, as they're making decisions that are going to affect the rest of their lives, too. Um, and, you know, also pray that they would continue to find Jesus and uh, follow him with their life. We also ask that you would be willing to pray for Hope Hack. 
pray for our students, pray for our teachers, um, and then pray for Young Life and pray for our ministry, that we would grow that ministry, that we would be reaching more and more kids, those farthest out kids um, who would never walk into a church or the ones who have rejected Jesus over and over, um, that they would uh, have a softened heart to come back to the Lord. And then um, would you be willing to pray for us as we seek direction from God of what is what is our next season really look like? And um, are we doing the same things in Tanzania that we have been doing for the last 10 years? Or does he have something new for us? And so just that we would have open ears to what he has for us. Yeah, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your steadfast love, Lord, that you have demonstrated to us for so many years, God, and so many generations, Father, and, and what you have done in the life of Frank and Heidi Sanchez, God. I, I just pray your blessing right now upon their marriage. Lord, come at the center of it, Lord, and draw them close together, and may they be one as you are one, and may their marriage be its own testimony to the truth of your gospel in Jesus Christ, Father. I just pray your power uh, in their lives, God, to bring them even closer together. And I thank you for that testimony that they have both here and in Tanzania, Lord. Bless them, God. Father, I thank you for their children. Go before them, fight their battles, God. And I, I just pray right now that, Lord, that you would meet each one of them right where they are at. God, and you would speak to each of their hearts in ways that they understand and know so that their faith could be their own faith, Lord, and, and that they would come to treasure you with their whole life, God, and that you'd give them a mission. Uh, Father, give them uh, visions and dreams the same way that you gave Frank, God. I thank you for the vision that you gave him to reach the Muslim community, to meet, to meet the uh, uh, to be with the Hindu community, God, and be your light there, Lord. And I just pray that uh, he would come back with many, many more stories, Lord, that, that uh, a flood of people would come to know you, Lord Jesus. And we know that that can only happen by the power of your spirit. So I pray that even now as they're here, uh, Lord, uh, that you would be tilling the ground and be using the team there, uh, Lord, for their return. And may they come back rejoicing, uh, seeing things in a better place than when they left it, uh, God. And Lord, and you do uh, show that you don't need us, but you do want us, God. And so I, I just pray that they would feel that profoundly during this furlough, God, and that you would give them a sense of purpose and belonging here, Lord, and that you would refresh them again by your spirit for the glory of Jesus Christ, our King. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen.